Welcome into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Jill, we made it. (laughs) Season 2, We made it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are back. It is Friday, almost the weekend. We are a week removed from the NFL draft and still going to be talking a little bit and how that relates to fantasy today. Talk about some big winners and losers. Talk about the two wide receivers that were traded away. But first, Jill, I want to get into the nitty-gritty about these uh, rookie quarterbacks. And our question of the day today, who is going to be the first rookie from this class to start a game, and when do you think that'll be? I think it might be Ritter week one. Okay. I I don't see how – not that I'm in love with Ritter by any means, but I just don't – I just – can't i'm just not a marcus Mariota believer yeah and you know they they say ritter's the most uh supposed to be the most nfl ready right off the bat quarterback he did start four straight you know all four years at cincinnati and it again atlanta's just i don't really i don't know the direction of their team <laughs> so i don't know if they're gonna i don't know if they're gonna go go Mariota to uh you know what what is their plan with Ritter I mean is it to see if if he's worth a damn or is it to see if okay let's just throw him in the fire right away and see if he can go or or is like or is there a development plan with Ritter because I don't think it's worth I don't know if Ritter's worth you know a developmental type of role plus is he really going to develop how much is he going to develop behind Mariota so I'm I I think Ritter has a chance to start week one uh and and Atlanta's garbage so (laughs) why not (laughs) well I I like the Ritter call there I've got somebody different I'll talk about but I'll dive into Ritter a little bit too and the fact that, like you said, where what is Atlanta doing right now with their organization? Ritter's going to get a run at some point in time this season to see if he is the future. Because if he's not, that means Atlanta's probably going to have a really high draft pick next year, and the quarterback class looks really good next year. So they can just go ahead. Might as so you might as well give Ritter a, give Ritter a shot, right? Yeah, exactly. So I don't necessarily know if it'll be week one but he definitely is one of the quarterbacks from this class that has a chance to potentially beat out their the incumbent right now with Marcus Mariota the one I'm going to go with is Matt Corral over in Carolina again I don't necessarily know if I believe that Matt he, Carolina Matt, Matt, Matt Carolina Matt Carolina <laughs> yeah terrible not great Bob not great but <laughs> Obviously, they're not sold with Sam Darnold. There is still an outside chance Baker Mayfield comes in, which that would squash what I'm about to say. But obviously, Sam Darnold wasn't the answer last year. He got hurt. He brought Cam Newton in to start, which that did not work for round two. And so I think potentially, I don't know if it's going to be week one, but if Sam Darnold puts up one, maybe even two games, he's going to have a very short leash, and then I think they're going to just go ahead and roll with roll with the Corral. Car- Corralina. <laughs> Corralina. Corralina Panthers. 
Gosh, <laughs> terrible. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that hard all season long. <laughs> terrible. The other quarterback I wanted to I guess discuss quick with you as well is what what percentage chance would you give Kenny Pickett to beat out Trubisky in Pittsburgh? I mean, obviously they gave him a two year deal, so if Pickett has a pretty good camp. They're not tied to Mitch Trubisky and making him have to start right away with the money. So Pickett is somebody that potentially could end up winning that starting job, but do you see him giving Mitch a run for his money? Oh, I I think that the plan is probably, their initial plan probably is to go Pickett. I don't see, if, if it was still Big Ben there, obviously... Ben is starting week one, but I think Pickett could end up having a good, good chance at starting week one. And, and like you said, it's not like they gave Mitch a, any sort of big deal with money or length. So why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you just start Pickett week one? I, what, what is, what is Mitch, what does, what does Mitch have that Pickett doesn't? I feel like they're pretty similar Kisses players. <laughs> I feel like they're pretty similar players in terms of just overall skill set, but I but wouldn't you rather run out the the younger guy, the guy that you just took a first round pick on, and knowing that I I mean Mitch, we've pretty much seen Mitch's ceiling. They're both somewhat athletic, at least with like straight lines, just straight line speed, kind of kind of a thing. Kenny's but, got that mean fake slide. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> Pickett also has the hair. Yeah. So you got to give give him a little bit of an edge there. Plus, he's a <laughs> Pittsburgh guy. Right. You know, so they, they saw him. They saw Pickett, you know, throughout the draft process and or, you know, bef- pre before the draft process. Literally, their buildings are literally next door to each other. The the Steelers and the the Pittsburgh Panthers football room building. So they've seen a lot out of Pickett. I think if I had, you you know, what chance would I give it? I'd probably say it's like a 60, 70% chance that he starts, but probably a 60% chance that he starts week one. Okay. I, I, I throw that in there, Sounds but, good. but he could also be garbage. And Mitch is maybe Mitch does ball out after sitting under, you know, Brian Dable last year. And sit, you know, and obviously behind Josh Allen with the Bills. Yep. Yeah, I think ideally Pittsburgh's probably just like, well, let's just have an open competition. And if I it's think Trubisky, so, and knowing Tomlin, and, yeah, knowing Tomlin, he's gonna want that open competition <laughs> big time. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Be the first thing that pops up. You can find some of our older pods on YouTube. Still in the process of getting that worked out. Probably will take us into next week. We'll hopefully have more video content up there for your viewing pleasure. If you want to follow us on our socials, Gel can be found at Das Gel. That's at D A S J E L. You can gel with him, or you can Josh with me at Das JPEG. <laughs> that's at D A S J P E C. Send us in any questions you have. Hit us up. We will hit you right back, or else we uh, will answer your question on our next podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent in the mail for free. Jell, before we dive into some of these big wide receiver trades, what are you sipping on this episode? 
I am going back to uh, the local buzz that I introduced last week out of Four Corners Brewing down Very here nice. in Dallas. So get a little uh, get a little golden golden ale going on. That boy. What was your favorite drink that you had over the weekend from the bachelor party? Oh, who? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely working those green tea shots pretty, uh, pretty time. hard. Those were going pretty good. Uh, I I will say that uh, hashtag not a sponsor. Uh, the Punchbowl place that we went to social Punchbowl social hashtag not a sponsor. Uh, didn't really like either of the. They were. I mean, the one I think I thought the rum punch was pretty good. The whiskey yeah. one was okay. Strong. I mean, they were both fine. <laughs> Just they were fifty dollars. It was a fifty dollar punch bowl that was like ninety percent ice. <laughs> so, and I sat there for like thirty minutes waiting for it. So that was a whiff. Uh, bringing those over, but uh, um, no, I I mean it was just a it was a green tea shots and tons yeah. of uh, tons of brews. Those were going down good. That they is were going down sure. right good. What do you have, do? You have any uh, any anything? Um. There's a couple of car bombs. Those are pretty solid. Uh, oh, yeah. Not, uh, <laughs> not the one when they didn't put any Baileys in it, and it was just literally Guinness and JMO. But, oh. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that was That's exciting. nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's not, uh, not great, Bob. <laughs> did I have one of those? I don't know uh, if I had one of those. If I did, I don't. Yeah. It's a little bit not, of a mystery. Uh, not sure, but uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I am a little under the radar, so that's why I wanted to reminisce on the weekend. So I will be back to pounding drinks next week. But Get it. A.J. Brown is now an eagle. Draft a trade that sent him from Tennessee Titans to Philly. Philly trading Tennessee first and third back in return and then we got word right away that philadelphia signed him to a long-term contract aj brown getting four years 100 million dollars 57 of it guaranteed so guess initial thoughts here on this gel you can talk contract do you like the fit in philadelphia for me personally I like getting Jalen Hurts another big target to throw the ball to I think it will help out in their offense Gives a nice complimentary piece to Devontae Smith, moving Devontae Smith over into that two spot. But what did what did you think? Uh, I mean, for, I mean, right off the bat, you know, uh, AJ made it pretty well known that him and Jalen Hurts are like really, really good friends. Uh, you know, he started he started tweeting out and getting on, you know, on IG or whatever, saying that they they're basically best friends going way back. So I love the fit for that reason alone. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's something that we've seen a lot of now, you know, we, we saw it with, it's really started out with Devonte Adams and wanting to go play with Derek Carr. You think that's going to be a match made in heaven right there, given that they played all the way back in college. Nope. Uh, you know, and, and Jalen Hurts was also basically trying to recruit AJ Brown to Alabama before before AJ decided to go to Ole Miss. So they go back a ways. And so you, you have to love that immediate fit. Just, you know, the QB wide receiver, that that combo, that duo. Um, but my guess, my, I guess the ultimate question is, 
is Jalen Hurts going to be able to get A.J. Brown the ball enough for him to make the same kind of impact that he did in Tennessee? Because the impact he made in Tennessee is is complete is undeniable. I mean, he he made he turned Tannehill from the quarterback that he was, or at least was partially in charge of turning the Tannehill, the quarterback that he was in Miami, into who he had been the last two years in Tennessee, which is a you know not I mean not a top ten really high-end guy but clearly serviceable for that offense so hopefully Jalen is gonna be you know he can be good enough to feed AJ the ball enough so that he can make the impact that you know be the impact type of player that he is that's just my only question is is on the field off the field obviously it's money on the field is Jalen gonna be enough to get AJ where, you know, where AJ's going to be, you know, happy with his on-field production. Now he did obviously get paid. He got his hundred mil. Although I was kind of surprised at that number. I, he probably could have gone, he probably could have gotten a little bit more money off the top in terms of guaranteed money. I was kind of surprised at that 57 mil. I thought you could have maybe flip-flopped that five and seven and made that 75 (laughs) guaranteed. That probably that probably would have fit the bill for for what receivers are making now, uh, you know this off season. But hey, he's gonna he's gonna fulfill that contract. There's no chance. It's not like he's gonna end up getting cut early. So he's gonna fulfill that contract. Get his full hundred million dollars. I don't see how there's any way he's still he's still only twenty four, I believe. So. Damn. He's yeah, so he's still going to be he's going to be good for the next 4 years. He's not getting cut. He's not going anywhere. So ultimately the ultimately that 100 mil is what matters and I think it's a great trade for the Eagles. I think it's a hope I mean AJ AJ Brown it, it's just going to come down to what can Jalen do for you. Yeah. No, I I agree completely with that. I don't have much else to add cuz yeah, that is going to be the question with the offense. Yeah, you're going to have Jalen Hurts being able to run the ball. You've still got Miles Sanders there, which jury's still out on him a little bit. But like I said, you got Dallas Goddard in the mix. You got Devonta Smith and now A.J. Brown getting added in. So that is fantastic. If you're an Eagles fan, probably pretty pumped about that because you're not getting a talent like A.J. Brown where you were drafting, even if you took a wide receiver there. So we had, on the flip side, Tennessee ended up taking Traylon Burks there. Um, so they replaced A.J. Brown pretty much instantaneously. <laughs> but It's a, it's, it's a pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> money comp to Traylon Burks and A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown's more, obviously, better receiver at this point, but they're a pretty similar type of player. So I I just thought that that instant uh, instant replacement is was <laughs> yeah was pretty sweet pretty funny. Yep. So I guess fantasy wise, AJ Brown, obviously we've seen him since he's come into the league. Absolute money in Tennessee when he's on the field has had a little bit of trouble staying healthy. But assuming he stays healthy in Philadelphia. Do you see him being drafted at roughly the same spot he was with Tennessee? Do you move him down a little bit on your board? Do you move him up? What uh, what are you thinking with AJ Brown for fantasy? For we'll say redraft. We'll say we'll talk to our redraft friends. Yeah, I I'm I'm certainly not moving him up. I prob and I. It depends. Kind of. I I wonder how much fantasy owners are freaked out by 
his, you know, the injury issues that he had last year, where that could lead him to falling already a little bit. Uh, I, I just think the talent is too immense. I'm not going to let him fall too far, but I would say there's a, I, I would say there's a small step back from last year. Is it, is it more than a round? Is it even a full round that you would say that he moves back? I mean, or, or, or where, what, I guess, what are your thoughts? Cause I think it's, I think there's a very small reduction, but I don't even, I don't even know. I would, I certainly wouldn't take him two rounds later. I would probably say one round or less. Yeah. I would probably say that too. I would say maybe a couple picks even. I mean, guys That's that were what, going yeah. around him last year. I mean, one of the guys that everybody's always in between, at least the last couple of years, is DK Metcalf. And what do you do now there? I mean, DK, you got Drew Locke throwing the ball. So, I mean, he obviously moves down quite a bit. MVP. So, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, no, I, I think A.J. Brown, I'm I'm drafting him probably in the same spot. I mean, they gave him $57 million guaranteed, four years, $100 million. They're going to try and get him the Certainly ball. Certainly going to use him. They're going to use him one way or another, and if Jalen Hurts isn't the answer, then they're probably going to find a quarterback because you're going to have a lot of money invested in those wide receivers in the upcoming year between A.J. Brown and assuming Devontae Smith gets paid once his rookie contract's up in a few years. They need somebody to get them the ball, and so I think they'll they'll make it work. You're not trading first and third and shelling out that money to have A.J. Brown have <laughs> less than 100 targets. <laughs> no, yeah, he's, yeah, I, I still think they're going to feed him the ball, and they're going to, you know, one way or another, whether that's even, you know, bubble screen type of stuff, I, mm. I and and just, just a red zone threat for Jalen Hurts as well, yep. which Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager don't really offer as, you know, the same type of red zone threat that A.J. Brown does. So I think it's it's a huge upgrade for the Eagles, no question. And I, yeah, I, I'm I'm not dra- I'm not dropping him too much. Like you said, maybe a couple picks, but we'll see on that. Speaking of another Brown that was traded, though, <laughs> yeah, Hollywood Brown goes from Baltimore to Arizona, gets reunited with Kyler Murray from their days at Oklahoma. Got a nice uh, tweet out from Lamar after this happened, a big WTF. <laughs> so LeBron, uh, Lamar was obviously surprised by this trade. I was kind of surprised by it too in the fact that Baltimore got back a first-round pick and sent away Hollywood Brown in a third-rounder. So they ended up getting the first-rounder back that they had drafted Hollywood at and ended up uh, taking Tyler Linderbaum with that pick. So got a center, but... Yeah, what, I guess, initial thoughts here. We got news. I'll just throw this in so we can kind of lump this all into the same category. After the draft yesterday, we find out, or two days ago, find out that DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games of the season for PED use. So you got to wonder if maybe Arizona saw something that they thought maybe Hopkins was going to be missing time. Maybe that's why they make this trade. Uh, I don't what were your thoughts here? And also with Baltimore now with Rashad Bateman as their wide receiver one. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the failed test from D hop was taken back in November is what I heard. Um, I don't know. I don't know when the Cardinals knew about 
the failed test and there I'm I'm assuming there was an appeal process and everything that's why it took so long for this to come out uh but yeah I mean that that that's the main reason that this deal was done I think you know between that and and uh you know I I just mentioned about Devonte and Derek Carr I'd mentioned AJ Brown and Jalen both you know all them being buddies Hollywood and Kyler go back to their days at Oklahoma. So it's it's just a bunch of guys, I guess, you know, getting their quarterbacks, the get, you know, these wide receiver QB combos dating back to whether it's high school days, just being boys, whether it's college days, whatever. I guess I I I guess I'm I'm okay with the fit in Arizona, but like you said, that's a lot to give up for an injury riddled player that's been very inconsistent yes Hollywood has did have I believe a oh it was over 200 yard game last year with a couple scores so he does have that boom potential but there's just never any consistency and he's he's pretty much consistently dealing with health issues as well so 23rd overall pick for him seems steep for me i don't or what was it 25 23rd or 25th 23rd, over, 23rd, 23rd was the trade drafted 25th i believe by baltimore that's, that's what it was okay yep. so you know pretty i guess you know ravens got their use out of him for for three years and then and then you know sent him away for his equivalent or you know slightly better than his equivalent from a couple years ago in terms of draft capital so Ravens, of course, just killing it at the draft, making amazing moves and getting a guy, you know, in Linderbaum, that's going to be a stud center interior lineman for them for the next decade, maybe his whole career. So I, you have to love the move by the Ravens, but, and for the Cardinals, what other choice did they have? I mean, you can't roll out there just Rondale Moore and, uh, AJ Green to start off the year. Yeah. No, that, so that's the only <laughs> thing I, that's, that's brutal. So I Cardinals were in a really tough spot with this D hop move. And you know, this trade came out before, yeah, before the Hopkins the suspension. suspension news. So at the time it was a lot more shocking. Once the Hopkins news came out, it became a little bit more understandable, but that's still, I still a pretty steep price to pay in my, in my mind for a guy that's inconsistent not always on the field, but maybe, maybe he'll be, you know, maybe he'll have a better attitude about life being back there with Kyler and, uh, and, you know, Cliff likes to throw the ball around more than Jim Hart or uh, John Harbaugh. So maybe he'll kind of have a little bit of a rejuvenated life over there in Arizona. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking with that a little bit is just that the Cardinals passing games, obviously a lot more prolific than Baltimore. Baltimore wants to beat you on the ground, have Lamar Jackson running the ball out in space, not a huge passing offense or maybe this will help Hollywood out. Like you said, he's got that rapport with Kyler. Once Hopkins gets back after that six games, Hollywood doesn't have to be that number one wide receiver, can sit back and sit in that two spot, maybe pick up the second best cornerback on the other team. So much that, more fitting for him than, yeah, you know, Baltimore kind of trying one. to force him into that number one receiver role. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. So I guess for me, for fantasy purposes, I got to give him a little bit of a bump up, at least with him being in Arizona. I like his fit in the offense there better than in Baltimore. It's going to have six games where he is the guy. Kyler's probably going to be targeting him pretty heavily, I would imagine. But then you kind of take a little bit of a sidestep there once Hopkins comes back. It's not like Hopkins is hurt or anything like that. So he'll be in he'll be in football shape going into the game seven on the season. So I I don't think a round or anything like that for me from Hollywood, but I could definitely see a, a couple picks or maybe half a round that I would take him a little bit earlier. Again, injuries are a concern though. He just can't stay healthy, but I do like his boom potential. I mean, you're not you're not even really considering going Hollywood over AJ here, are you? Oh no, no, no. Okay, AJ Brown, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I I think I I'm I'm there with you. Slight bump up. Well, maybe a pretty maybe a significant bump up, just because I personally I've never been a big Hollywood fan just because of his inconsistency. Uh, maybe he can become a little bit more consistent now as you know not there in that run heavy offense like he's at or like he has been in in Baltimore so maybe he can become a little bit more consistent but it's gonna it still obviously comes down to health and you know I I guess it's a bump up but nothing nothing that's gonna I'm not gonna go you know crazy crazy on this now what do you think about Rashad Bateman obviously he pretty much takes over he's gonna hundred percent take over as that wide receiver one in Baltimore. Are you thinking, okay, significant step up for him or are you, I I personally, I'm in more of kind of like almost a wait and see, but you can't do a wait and see going into a draft. So do you have any kind of initial thoughts on Rashad Bateman? I think right now with their roster that they have, it's, it's a bump up, but I'm not excited about it. Again, it's Baltimore's passing attack. If, We've seen the only person that's been consistent with Lamar there. I would say, if anything, I'd bump up Mark Andrews a little bit more. I think Mark Andrews is going to be a beneficiary of Hollywood gone. Probably going to see a few more targets each game and go from there. But Bateman had some solid games last year. He got hurt in, I believe, training camp, wasn't it? So he had a little bit of a late start. He was hurt going into the, yeah. So into the season. Took him a little bit to get going, but I, I mean, he's their only wide receiver relevant wide receiver on the roster right now so do you see Baltimore maybe kicking the tires on an Odell or maybe a Jarvis Landry now that Hollywood's out the door see if you could get them in for a little bit smaller of a contract and get another wide receiver in there I kind of feel like they have to they don't really have a wide receiver too. Tylen Wallace is he the is he their wide receiver too right now oof I'm gonna it's, look. Uh, <laughs> I, it, think it's, you're, I think you're spot on with that. That's not good. <laughs> so that the the thing is, like, I mean, Odell's not gonna be ready at the start of camp with that coming off that ACL that he tore in the Super Bowl. So he do they want to go into camp doing, you know, with the same issue that they had last year with just completely injury riddled team, and that's who they're relying on as a wide receiver too. I don't think so. I think Jarvis Landry would be a pretty good fit. You know, give give Lamar a bit more of a, you know, possession, just a true possession receiver. I feel like they could probably jive pretty well. So I lo- I do really like that Jarvis Landry fit. I keep forgetting that he's out there. 
So maybe you go, maybe shit. Why not go grab both? Yeah. Jarvis right off the bat. And then, <laughs> and then let once Odell gets healthy, throw him right into the mix. I I mean, but, but I think Jarvis Landry is probably going to be a, probably a quicker fit or he would obviously be a quicker fit in terms of just health and being on the field. Yeah. They're a wide receiver too right now for the record is Devin Duvernay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. oh, there's ye. that. Yeah, <laughs> not great, Bob. No. <laughs> we talked about the two Browns on the move, and there were three guys that were potential guys that were supposed to be on the move for draft night, or at least in trade conversations that ended up staying put, at, at least for now, but looking more likely, especially with the draft done, Teams aren't going to be trading them right now for future draft picks, I wouldn't imagine. But Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin all staying put with their respective teams. Uh, any surprises there? I mean, I was more surprised that anybody was even traded on draft night. I I was skeptical of all of the hype and John Lynch came out and said prior to the draft they were not trading Debo under any circumstances. It was rumored that... I think Ian Rappaport, I'd have to double check, said that Detroit was pretty heavy players for Debo, but wouldn't offer a first round pick at all for him. So they weren't, nobody was really wanting to throw any first round picks out for Debo. Had a couple low ball offers, I think. I, I heard, I heard teams, the but. Jets and the Lions both threw out those low ball offers. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of what I was expecting to. See, I mean, I don't blame teams for trying to reach out to see if you could get a steal for one of these guys, but it's the asking price for them is quite a bit. And all those guys are looking for new contracts. I mean, they're all going to be up in the next, what, I believe next year is their last season, all of them under contract because they were all uh, second round or later picks. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to pay them the bag and give up huge draft capital to get them. So it's kind of a tough sell for some NFL teams. Yeah, I I was I I was not surprised that Debo didn't go anywhere, especially because he had made it pretty vocal that whatever team traded for him, he didn't really he didn't really want to be a running back, which was a big part of his success last year, being yeah. a you know being a if a full time you know both really a full time wide receiver and running back, so he wanted the bag. Plus to only play wide receiver where he loses immediately loses some some value. So I'm not surprised that nobody went after Debo unless his asking price was that low. But you're you have to be scared away from the contract that he was going to want. He was going to want at least an A.J. Brown type of contract, but he's not the same type of just just pure wide receiver that A.J. Brown is. He's he's more of that you know, kind of all around type of guy. And that's why, the, that's why the Niners valued him as both a receiver and as a running back. So, and, and as, you know, occasional return type of guy on, you know, when it, if it was a big clutch punt return type of situation. So I'm not surprised about Debo. I never really bought into the Terry McLaurin stuff. The, the yeah. Washington never really gave any indication that they were really going to, deal him and he and Terry wasn't really that loud about it there was like one rumor that came out pretty early on in the process the one I would say DK not being dealt probably was the 
biggest surprise to me only because what because the Seahawks are so far away right now. I mean, look at that division, look at their quarterback situation. If they could have sent D or DK away for a first, I would th- you know, you'd kind of think they would do it. But maybe what they're thinking is okay, let's hang on to DK. Let's keep Lockett around. See what Drew Lock has and eventually, you know, we'll just we'll just fight it out through this year and then we'll get a rookie receiver high or a rookie quarterback high next year and we know that he's going to be surrounded by by two strong wide receivers even though Lockett's getting up I don't Lockett's not that old but still feels like, you know, getting kind of old in football years. Uh so that that must have been what the Seahawks were thinking or they could have just gotten some low ball offers as well. I never bought into, oh, Packers should send both their first rounders away for him. Knew the Packers weren't going to do that, plus pay, you know, plus pay that contract. So I never really bought into that that much. Uh, I, but I would say probably DK was my biggest, uh, the one that I thought would be traded out of these three. But no, but all three of them staying isn't a huge shock to me. With Seattle keeping DK and Tyler Lockett in the fold right now, do you think that that means they're more likely to maybe try and make a move for Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G? Assume Obviously, they're not trading with San Francisco. You're not trading for Jimmy G inside the division, but both of those guys carry a pretty big cap hit that would, if they got released, would you see Seattle probably being a huge player in bringing them into Seattle? It it depends how much you read into what Pete Carroll is saying publicly. Right now, Pete Carroll just keeps saying, "Oh, you know, we really like what we got in Drew Locke. We were eyeing him in the you know before when he was getting drafted. We kept an eye on him, and we liked what he had. To, what he we liked what he had. But but do you believe do you believe anything that anybody any head coach or anybody in the front office really says publicly?" Kind of, I mean, a lot of a lot of what they say is just you know just a smokescreen for what they might end up doing. So I'd imagine they're sitting there. If I were Seattle, if I wanted to compete, which looks like they're probably trying to, given that they're hanging on to their receivers and they got Kenneth Walker who can jump in right away and be a nice running back piece. I'd imagine that they're probably looking at trying to compete this year. And again, Pete Carroll, he's in his 70s. It's not like he wants to sit around for five years and rebuild this thing. So he's he's ready to compete. I don't know if they're going to necessarily trade for Baker or, and they obviously can't trade in division with Jimmy for Jimmy G. But if but if either of those guys get released, I I would I would much rather have Jimmy G than Baker myself. If you're trying to compete this year just because We've seen Jimmy G go to the Super Bowl. Baker did win a playoff game, but one playoff game. That's not making the Super Bowl, and I, I don't know how much you can trust Baker. So I would love to see Jimmy G on the Hawks, and I guess either of those quarterbacks have to. They're obviously an upgrade over Drew Locke. So if they're looking to compete by hanging on to those guys, it's very possible that they would go after one of those two quarterbacks if they were released. 
All right, Joe, let's move into some of the draft winners and losers. We'll kick it off with the winners here. And I'm going to kick it off because you touched on one of the guys during that last segment that I thought was a draft winner here. And that is Kenneth Walker, the third move going and getting drafted by Seattle in that second round. He's got to compete. Rashad Penny had a really nice end of the season last year, but can Rashad Penny stay healthy? Chris Carson's still there, but Chris Carson had that neck injury that shut him down last year, so we don't necessarily know his status. And like you had said, Kenneth Walker is somebody that can be a huge contributor day one uh, in Seattle. We've seen historically Seattle running backs very, very good for fantasy football, so I thought that was a huge win for him out of some of the locations where he could have ended up to be able to get some production day one. Probably going to be the second running back off the board in your rookie draft, Brees Hall going to the Jets. But I I like that fit in Seattle quite a bit. I was kind of skeptical a little bit at first, but then just kind of thinking that, I mean, Rashad Penny has been somebody that they've talked about for a while that they still weren't super happy with. Chris Carson's getting up there in age. So I think this is a very smooth transition that you could end up seeing Kenneth Walker being that go-to guy, I don't know, halfway through the season. Would you – okay, so we kind of thought the same thing with Javante Williams, and he did start coming off – or coming on near – you know, as we got later into the season, but never really took over that true RB1. Do you think that could be a concern at least this upcoming season for Walker, and they could just go complete running back by committee with all three of those backs between Penny, Carson, and and Kenneth Walker? Yeah, that that is a huge concern, but I think after this year, Penny's rookie deal is done, and I I have to imagine Chris Carr, I don't have his numbers in front, but he's got to be close to being done with his contract, too. It seems like he's been in Seattle forever, but no, I, I could see it being a little bit of a committee, but again, those guys are injury prone. They can't seem to stay healthy for a full year. So if Kenneth Walker can stay healthy, it, I think it's just a matter of time before he gets his time to shine. And once he does, that might be it. And Rashad Penny goes into that secondary role he's had for the majority of his career. I'm going to stick uh, with that same position and throw another winner your way. James Cook going to the Bills running back Dalvin Cook's brother uh going to the Bills and you know he was a, he was a day 2 pick but i could definitely i mean they they've been that running back room in buffalo has been completely unsettled since uh probably since Marshawn Lynch was there maybe i mean it's been that long <laughs> possibly so they're i mean they're ready to roll the dice on James Cook if they're willing to take a day two pick there. And, you know, it's I, I believe Zach Moss, well, he was a healthy scratch last year. I don't know if he's still on the roster, but I think he is right now. Yeah. So you still got Singletary. You still got Zach Moss then still there. But and we did see Singletary come on a little bit last year. But if they're willing to take a day two pick on on James Cook, I think they're going to want to get him into the fold there. You don't. You don't take a running back that high if you're not willing to use him. So I, I think he's just, you know, running back out of Georgia. Got to kind of, you know, this Georgia class is just freaking absolutely ridiculous. You have to like the pick I, for him. I don't know if he's going to, again, I don't know if he's going to contribute right away, but he's going to definitely want to be a running back that you keep on your radar for any sort of fantasy 
uh, you know, dynasty rookie drafts. Yeah. Like you had touched on, Zach Moss is somebody that was a healthy scratch at times last year. They're not confident with him back there. Saw him get his way worked out of that offense. Devin Singletary has shown flashes at times, and it just really hasn't – they haven't given him that full workhorse role, which his size, I think, dictates that a little bit too. But James Cook for Georgia was one of their pass-catching backs is very good out of the backfield catching the ball. So that automatically, to me, as a rookie, translates to as long as you are not dropping the ball and fumbling it, they're going to have a role in that offense for him. And if he flashes and shows that he is good running the ball too between the tackles, he could definitely step in and be that first, second down back in that offense, which the Buffalo Bills, obviously Super Bowl contenders, and have one of the best offenses in the league. Only thing that can uh, that scares me is any team that Josh Allen's on, you always have that <laughs> opportunity for him the to galloping, vulture on the goal uh, line. Galloping horse, Josh Allen. Yes, so that's the only thing that scares me a little bit. But, no, I, I think James Cook's going to be a fantastic fit in Buffalo. Somebody else that is was a huge winner from this draft is Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson gets a running back in Brees Hall that will help take some of the load and pressure off of him. You can get Brees Hall the ball a ton. And then Garrett Wilson coming in to pair along with Elijah Moore. Corey Davis still in the fold this year right now, but the Jets showing that they have faith in Zach Wilson, getting him some targets for that offense. And I like it a lot. It's one of those now that last year you're wondering, is Zach Wilson the real deal? Well, the Jets put their money where their mouth is with this draft and said, you know what? We think you are. Here's everything that you need. Three solid wide receivers for him to throw the ball to. Again, got that running game going. CJ Uzoma coming over from the Bengals. So Zach Wilson, to me, has all of the pieces, all of the tools outside of maybe a top, half line in the league line still is a little bit of a question mark but they have done wonders getting him pieces to help him out in that offense yeah i i mean i don't know what what more they could be doing offensively to to try to help out wilson um I guess, you know, the Wilson to Wilson combo hopefully can uh, <laughs> right <laughs> can get going. I do that Usoma pickup little underrated. I mean, he yeah. he was really solid for for uh Cincy last year. So, I you got to love that. You got to love that Wilson to Wilson combo for sure. I'm going to stick with that same team, but I'm going to throw a huge L Michael <laughs> Carter. <laughs> He was I, on my list. <laughs> I mean, I as a dynasty owner, I started seeing flashes of, you know, last year once he started really getting an opportunity thinking this guy's legit. He cuz he he showed some really good stuff out there and him and Brees Hall are somewhat comparable in terms of just overall skill set. So, it was it was a little bit confusing for me, but Brees Hall is just the overall better back. And so Carter's obviously not going to have the opportunity to be a true running back, you know, true, true lead back, which is 
it looked like he was going to have the chance going into this season that, that Carter was going to have that opportunity. So definitely has to take a step back. Uh, you have to take a step back on Michael Carter. I guess in terms of for, so let's stick with, let's stick with that same running back room, Brees Hall. I mean, where are you thinking we should be taking him in terms of redraft dynasty? I think he's, he's obviously going to be a very high pick, but redraft he's, you know, I mean, is he worthy of a high end pick? I mean, he's, he's certainly not, you know, like Najee, we saw Najee Harris last year going pretty high, you know, second rounder for the most part. He's not, I don't think he's got that kind of uh, potential right away. Do, do you agree there? And if yeah, and if so, I, how far further down are you willing to, you know, wait to take him? Yeah, because we saw last year with Pittsburgh that their offense, you knew exactly what you were getting out of Pittsburgh. And it was obvious since Lev Bell was gone. Yeah, James Conner had a decent year, right? Um, during that year that Lev was holding out, but Connor couldn't stay healthy. But you knew that all they needed was a running back, and they got the best running back in the draft there. But I'm still a little skeptical on the Jets' offense. Obviously, they should st- take a step forward with everything that they've added this year, but I I probably feel comfortable with Brees in, I don't know, probably like the maybe – fourth fifth round which Brees Hall J.K. Dobbins like the, I think I'd have to lean J.K. assuming he comes back from his injury okay just with what Baltimore's looking like they want to do with that offense this year I think J.K. is going to be a pretty potent and solid option for them they're going to try and run the ball quite a bit so I would say J.K. for this year for redraft but I, I think he's right around in that range, though. It's, it's one that I could see either way, but I would I definitely lean J.K. So I think that would probably put it in probably like the fourth. That's kind of what, yeah, I was thinking fourth probably is, is, is about fair. I actually, I also do agree with you. I like the upside of J.K. Dobbins this season and probably going forward with that loss of Hollywood Brown. It's pretty obvious what they're, you know, like you just said, like really what you just said, that's, we, it's pretty obvious what they're going to try to do on offense and go back to kind of what they were a couple of years ago uh, with with a pretty heavy rushing attack. So I think Dobbins has to be has to be an upgrade as well. Yeah. Uh, my last winner I wanted to throw out there one that I wanted to kind of get your take on it, but I thought Traylon Burks landed in a fantastic spot in Tennessee with AJ Brown gone goes right into that AJ Brown role. You got Robert Woods opposite you to take some of the defensive strategy to guard both of those guys. But I, I like him stepping into that offense. He's not going to put up AJ Brown numbers right away, but like you had said, it's kind of a good comp there. And I don't know that he could have really landed in a better landing spot outside of maybe Green Bay. Green Bay, I thought, would have been a phenomenal fit for him for fantasy purposes. But I I did not mind the landing spot at all for Traylon Burks, especially where he came off the board. I believe he was the sixth wide receiver off of the board. So I thought that was a pretty, pretty solid spot for him. Fit. Because it went London, Garrett, Olave. Um, Jamison, 
Jameson Dotson was in there too. Dotson I thought Do- was Dotson after was Dotson before Traylon Burks. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, he was number six. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> that's I I I had Traylon Burks written down as a bit of a loss, but he did, but only because if he would have fallen further, he would have had an opportunity to have been with potentially with Green Bay. But yeah. overall, Tennessee again. He's he. I mean, he's going to jump right in there to be opposite of Robert Woods, and both. That's a that's a pretty sweet wide receiver duo, and a, and a great receiver for him to be, you know, learning from and and everything, and eventually take over that true wide as the true wide receiver one. So, only yeah, my only concern is that he could have ended up in a better spot, but he is going to get day one starting reps. So that has to be, and I don't think, you know, he doesn't, again, I don't think he's going to be AJ Brown necessarily, but we saw what AJ Brown was able to do in that offense. And he was sweet for fantasy. So if Traylon Burks can match that or, or get, get anywhere near that, that's obviously, that's obviously an upgrade for Burks. I have to definitely though, downgrade his teammate King Henry I think that loss of AJ Brown is going to end up hurting Derrick Henry, especially in the red zone. Right now, that's the only red zone threat that Tennessee has. And not that Derrick Henry is only a goal line player, obviously. I mean, he runs off, he runs off 45 yard touchdowns multiple times a year, but, or he has over the last two years, but just, you know, having the threat of AJ Brown being out wide as one of the better red zone targets in the league has had to have helped Derrick Henry in terms of getting those goal line scores. So I've got a, I've got a slight downgrade for Derrick Henry. Not going to go crazy. Not saying he drops, you know, really, you know, way far down. I mean, he's still going to be one of the high, you know, very high on running backs, but maybe not, certainly not for me. The you know certainly not maybe necessarily a slam dunk number one number two overall pick with Derrick Henry this season just just knowing that there is that potential for a downgrade in terms of goal line touches and goal line opportunities potential for scoring. Yeah, no, I I like that a lot. I think like you said, we're gonna see a step back from Tennessee's offense this year with new rookie wide receiver trying to learn the fold and that AJ Brown's a huge loss. For yeah. Them, so. Big time. Yep. Two other losers. I'll just kind of jumble them into the same category here. Talked about them both briefly yesterday with their teams being losers in the draft. And that's Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Teams didn't do anything for them this off season, getting them any help. And for redraft purposes, I'm completely out on both of those guys this upcoming year. I just, you with the draft capital that both teams spent on them, you got to put weapons around them. You got to help them out. And I just, I don't see enough pieces on offense on either of those teams to see a huge step forward from this last season. So I think you're going to see two very questionable years from both of these guys to start off their careers, which you're going to start getting the skeptics and everybody wondering, are they even long-term options for those teams? So you got to get pieces around the guys. Again, I like what the Jets did with Zach Wilson, even the Patriots getting a second round receiver for Mac Jones in up there. But I just, I don't know. I, 
I'm out on both of those guys for redraft. Are you higher than on Mac Jones than both? Yeah, I think I am. We saw flashes from Mac last year, and I don't know. I just I can't see Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence having any consistency this year. Zach Wilson. I I definitely take Zach Wilson over those two and probably with his weapons over Mac Jones. I think Zach Wilson is one of those guys that could take a second year leap this year. Yeah, I I mean I I guess okay. Now let's go let's go pretty far <laughs> down the list and go Jared Goff. In Detroit. I mean Jamison uh, Williams, probably- we saw Amon Ra. We we've got they've got Hawk they've got DeAndre Swift. I'd probably lump him behind Zach Wilson because I think Zach Wilson. Oh no, I'm saying versus Lawrence. His, oh. I'm saying versus Lawrence and Fields for Goff. Oh, okay. Oh, that's not even a question. I was going to put Goff just behind just behind Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson in front of Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. Because Goff Goff's going to probably be pretty solid. He's not going to have you any weak winning games but i still think he'll be pretty solid so you've got so you've got wilson or uh fields and trevor lawrence in basically the bottom five amongst throughout the nfl bottom seven you know 25 and below for fantasy coming up i would i would say so yeah i i mean yeah i guess i guess I mean, Justin I, Fields and Lawrence, they both do Kenny have Pickett? potential. Kenny, but... Okay, let's say Kenny Pickett is named the day one <laughs> starter. Let's just throw that out there. I think I pro- I might go Pickett here too. I think I would just because of his. Yeah, he's got, options. and they he's just added. A they just added Pickens, and Pickens. Yeah. yeah, Pickens is a huge, I think, winner in this too. He's somebody I didn't have written down, but. Jumping into that offense, you got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. <laughs> and for Pickens to just fit in there, that's Pickens, perfect. Oh, man. Yeah, that's insane. So. so one other – okay, I've got one other winner here. Uh, sticking with the receivers again. Christian Watson, pretty obvious winner here, I think. I mean, he's going to jump in as maybe not the day one wide receiver one, but he will probably make it there by – by week one of the regular season, just knowing what else they have there, which is nothing. Uh, so I, you have to love Christian Watson here, obviously. And and again with him, him with Rogers, you know, I was, I was saying in the previous episode, if the Patriots would have taken him at 29, that would have been better for the Patriots, but it would have certainly been worse for Christian Watson being there with Mac Jones versus Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. I think he got, this is the best case scenario for Watson fantasy wise is being here in green bay with rogers and basically as that de facto number one no i agree if i mean if you're a rookie wide receiver coming into the league there's not too many quarterbacks you'd want other than aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball so i mean you don't know how many more years he's going to be throwing you the ball so maybe you'd rather have like a josh allen or justin herbert or something along those lines just for longevity but i mean you are going to be but learning again, from one of the best yeah. quarterbacks to play the game so that's awesome for your future and to start off getting the, the rock thrown to you from rogers that's the, yeah, the pigskin definitely say he's a winner yes <laughs> All right, I think that will wrap it up then. Uh, we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. 
Hopefully you have YouTube resolved next week. But in the meantime, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us. You can reach out to Jell at Das Jell. I can be found at Das JPEG. Send us in those questions and we'll hit you back or answer them on our next podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail for free. Jell, where can they find us at? Hit us up on our presenting sponsor, Anchor, both on the web and via the app. Uh, If you're looking on the web, that's anchor.fm. If you're looking in the app, uh, that is whether it's the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, just search Anchor, you will be able to find it. Uh, Pretty good listening tools, but for our purposes, it's incredible as a podcasting platform. Uh, We get to do all of our editing, all of our episode details, all of... You know, pretty much everything in there revolves around Anchor, and they allow us to present this piece of artwork to you for <laughs> free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods. Make sure whatever your chosen listening platform is, you subscribe, rate, and review, and uh, we will we will get some sticker swag sent out to you. Send us any questions right. or, or any you know any sort of feedback, any questions, any topics that you want us to hit on. We're in the, we're in the off season right now, so any any topics we'll be able to you know absolutely jump on them and and uh, potential potential for some some good discussion here. Yeah, if you're in a rookie draft, those will be coming up soon. If you're in a dynasty league, so if you have any questions regarding those, send it to us and we will answer them. Because odds are, if you have a question, somebody probably has that same question and. They might not want to ask it, so you'll answer, help answer it for them. So, all right, so that will do it. Again, appreciate everybody out there listening. Make sure you subscribe on all of our listening platforms. So that way, you know when the next episode will be up. Should be back with you beginning of next week. And until then, Joe, close us out. We'll see.